On the brand new season of Talk To Me, I'm joined by Vincent Rodriguez III, who talks about the recent season finale of his hit show, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. All that and more on today's episode of Talk To Me. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to a brand new season of Benjamin Mayer McKay's Talk To Me. We're very excited to be back for a fourth season in 2017 and to be joined by our very special guest, Vincent Rodriguez III. Now, Vinny stars in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is on the CW. It had its major season finale just about 10 days ago, and that was a huge cliffhanger episode, and we discussed that. So there's a spoiler warning out there, and uh, we will discuss that. And a little bit of a content warning, there are some more explicit themes about the show discussed in today's episode, so any young kids should probably tune out. But now, sit back, relax, and enjoy my interview with all-round performer and lovely guy, Vincent Rodriguez III. Enjoy. Welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate, I appreciate uh, being asked, Benjamin. <laughs> now, uh, now, Vinny, let's start with the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend Season 2 finale, which aired last week. Were you yes. shocked at all upon reading the script? Was I what? Were you shocked at all upon reading the script? Because that's a, a twist ending that I don't think many people saw coming. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The answer is yes. Um, as as you can hear me heaving and hawing. Um, yeah, I was really, really surprised. I'm trying to remember the moment I I realized what was happening. I because because usually we get the scripts um, anywhere between like less than 24 hours or maybe three days before we do a table read. And, and I'm pretty sure I didn't read this script until I got there. Like it was, you know, we're, we're wrapping up the show and um, we did a big table read. It was our last one. So it, we, we did it in the, on the sounds on the sound stage at Crazy Ex-Girlfriend here in North Hollywood. And it was a huge table because there were so many people in that episode, so many guest stars, um, people um, that we had to bring back. So I think it was like I sat down, I saw it, and I was like one of three people sitting at the table because people were it was lunchtime um, and people were still getting their food. And I went through all my lines and I saw that scene and I went, oh, my God. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Because <laughs> people, because because leading up to that moment, I was still filming, and I was just getting into that sour mode of ah, we're gonna finish, we're gonna wrap soon, and I'm gonna get really sad. And because I love these people, I love the Crazy Ex Girlfriend Company. I can't say enough positive things about them. Um, so I was kind of in that headspace, but people kept saying to me, like, from the creative end, like, our EPs and Aline and Rachel are like, did you read the script yet? Because they don't always know when I get the script. Because sometimes someone emails it to me or, uh, you know, there's a script coordinator. There's just a lot of information. So no one really knows who knows what. But I kept getting, oh, my God, did you read it? And they kept, with this huge excitement in their eyes, and I'm just looking at them going, no, I haven't. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. And they're like, oh, my gosh, you're going to freak out. And I'm like... I'm freaked out right now. I can't wait to read the script. And of course, like an hour before I actually say those lines, you know, we get to that scene is, is when I actually realize what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> so, so from here, where would you like to see your character progress? What do you think is, is sort of the next logical steps for him? 
I mean, spoiler alert. Am I allowed to like? You can, you can, yeah. T- talk about it. Um, we'll just assume. Like, and I'll put a little note, but we'll assume that the majority of people have seen it by this point. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, well, so, you know, similar to to Rebecca, Josh is also on his path of finding happiness and who he is. Um, and that, and as many many of us know, that path is rarely a smooth smooth one you know it's 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 rough it's rag it's jagged it's it, it's you know a lot of twists and turns so i I, th- I think josh is gonna hit a lot more roadblocks uh with this choice um because josh is fairly impulsive but at the same time what, what's interesting about about this particular choice especially how it negatively affects rebecca he actually does this Despite all of the um, red signs, the the bad signs uh, that he gets from Rebecca leading up to the wedding, so there's a lot of danger kind of ahead, which is kind of what what happened with Greg what, before he left. His character left West Covina. Um, spoiler alert! In um, season two, you know he saw a sign, a danger sign, you know, um, and uh, and then chose to leave. Chose chose to leave. West Covina leave Rebecca, and in this case, uh, you know, Josh doesn't run away, but he does, like, say, despite all this craziness, I'm gonna, I'm actually going to try to find out who I am, and I'm not gonna, I'm not, because, because the, the thing that kind of makes me um, even ha about this is that the envelope that Josh gets that says all the secrets that Rebecca has, like all her, you know, all her deep dark ghosts and, and goblins from her past um he, he doesn't open it and mm. that's such an interesting choice uh for josh to make it, it says you know what i don't need to know about what's freaking out rebecca instead i'm gonna let her freak out and i'm going to focus on me and focus on this path um it, it's unfortunate that part of what gets him on that path is the fact that there's a cool t-shirt so (laughs) josh is fairly simple of a guy um so 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 i i commend josh for 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 not opening the envelope um i i just think josh's uh choice i think his his way of choosing choosing the priesthood was um was on a path of like I want to find out who I am. I want to I want to get to know my, my myself and 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 kind of cut the world off. No girls, no sex. Just focus on my relationship to, to God. Um, but it, it's just it's interesting because with Josh, it can't just be that. It's also like what am I trying to avoid? And um, you know, what do I get? Is there is there a keychain? Do I get to wear a cool shirt? Oh, there's a shirt. Great. So it's it's unfortunate. Like some, it seems very silly what what Josh does, but he it actually comes from a really I think the strongest place Josh has ever come from with any decision he's made so far. Um, it's just unfortunate that I, I I don't see this going well for him because I think he's just going to find more hard hardship ahead mm. with this choice. And I think that's his and that's his problem is that he he see he thinks it's an easy fix. He thinks it's an easy out and. Nothing is easy, um, and I, I think he, it, I, I really hope he learns uh, how to face his fear. Um, yes, that is 
total a total quote from the show. I really do hope he fa- learns to face his fear and um, head on and deal with what's in front of him because this is this is a, to- a total avoidance. And so I don't I, I don't see things going well for him. Um, though I think he'll he'll try his best. But Josh isn't one to um, do well with transitions of this magnitude. No, he he certainly isn't from past experiences. Now, something that I, I sort of found through trawling through some of the, the Facebook feedback for, for you and on the yeah. show is that huh? people are a little bit concerned that this might sort of write Josh out of the show much like Greg left. You're you're in, you're safe for the for the time being. Fans can rest assured that you're back for season three. <laughs> yes, I, I am back in season three. Um What's interesting about that is that I don't I don't really read that stuff, um, but you, the one thing that they, that the audience I think fails to uh, to to remember when when thinking about that is every single title of, of the show and you wouldn't notice know, know this unless you were reading a, reading the script or you were very aware of the title when you watch it on Netflix or your DVR, but every single title has Josh's name in it. Mm. So every single one, like if you, in season one, he Rebecca was in denial. So everything was a lie to herself. Um, so it was like, I hope Josh comes to my party. It's like, do you think Josh's friend will like me? Josh's girlfriend is really cool. So it's all these things that are, are, are shying away from the truth, which is she's in love with me. And then in season two, because of the way season one ended, I know now she can scream it to the heavens. And then, so all the titles for season two changed. So season two, like titles, like, um, well, the season finale was like, can Josh take a leap of faith? And which is a total foreshadow of what he ends up doing. But like, um, uh, what's another title? Uh, um, who's Josh's cool new girlfriend or something like everything is always about Josh. Cause for Rebecca, her, she, this is an obsession with me that is really rooted in her search for love and happiness. So everything she does is pivoted off of me. So now everything in season three is going to be a pivot off of me. So she's going to try to make, she's going to try to destroy me essentially. Um, and that, and I, I'm really interested in seeing how she does that. <laughs> I'm sure the <laughs> audience is amazing. Actually, I'm really <laughs> looking forward to it. <laughs> because there's some, isn't there something neat about like seeing a girl like Rebecca, who's had so many hard times and gone through just like, well, another quote from the show, shit, a shit show. And, and, and to have this pinnacle moment of like, I have my friends, I got my girl group, my, 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 my gals behind me supporting me and I've been wronged and now I'm going to get my revenge and, and you, my friends are obviously going to help me, but now there's like a very direct intention and kind of map for her. Which is a complete flip because I was her savior. I was the one that was going to make everything better, and now I'm I'm kind of the antithesis of that. So, um, if anything, I think it kind of prolongs like everything we went through before in season one and two. It's like flip that upside down, and that's what I think. That's what we're in for. And I and even I myself, I I still try to imagine like, gosh, what's going to happen? Like, I can't. 
All I know is that with what I've heard from Rebecca, um, Rachel, and Aline, our uh, our creators, um, that uh, it's 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 really funny and it's really intense, which is comforting to hear because I think that's that's kind of what we're doing with each season. It seems like it's a roller coaster ride that goes up and down, but really when you step back, it's a roller coaster that is actually anchoring up. Like um, when we did the season finale of of, of, of the fur of the first season, it, uh, we were talking about the season finale being actually a prologue. Season one was a prologue to the actual story, and season two was where the story actually begins. Uh, yeah. But now that's the season two finale has aired. Um, now it's going to feel like when you step back and look at it, it's this like slow ride up, and we're just getting. To, and now we're at the peak. We're actually now at the peak, and now it's about to drop. That's what it, that's what I think it kind of feels like, and that's a testament to Aline Brosh McKenna, our um, our EP on the show, co-creator of the show with Rachel, and um, she's also our showrunner and head writer, and uh, and how Aline and Rachel have created this arc, and and they actually pitched it that way. Um, they they when they pitched it to the CW, they pitched like five seasons. Oh, so wow. each season had a very specific point of view of Josh and Rebecca was always going through something very specific, which is why those titles I, I gave you always have Josh in them. But there's a, something a little different about um, how, the, how Rebecca is relating is relating to Josh in each season. And then, so that's been mapped out. So everything we're about to see has already been thought of, which is fantastic, which is um, something that they they were inspired by from from Breaking Bad. Um, in case you watch that show, it's a, I for one definitely need to watch that show because I am behind. I, I <laughs> also I haven't see seen it, but I've I've heard of it. I know of it. There's <laughs> <laughs> um, something I find interesting about this show is that it was initially pitched to Showtime or was initially going to air on Showtime because when you were announced as part of the cast, it was a Showtime project. But then it moved to the CW. So what changes did you, as an actor, notice from from that? Because that's a fairly big you know, premium cable to. I'm not quite sure what the CW is, but to the CW. Well, CW is network. Mm-hmm. CW is network television. Um, and it was, it was really, uh, like, I think two or three differences, one of which was um, uh, turn down the adult content. So um, no crying hand jobs. Just going to throw that out there. We took the crying hand job scene, and it got cut. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, I will explain. In the first episode, in the pilot, uh, when um, Rebecca is trying to find out where I am, and she's asking my 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 best friend Greg, she realizes in order to get him to not leave the room, she has to engage in a sexual activity. So she unzips his pants and starts to give him a hand job. But while She's doing this. She's asking him all these questions about me. <laughs> and then she finds out that I have a girlfriend in the middle. And then it's like, oh, that's funny. His Facebook post, his Facebook um, wall says he's single. And then and she's like, no, that's fine. That's fine. And as she's doing that, she's still doing her hand still going. And she starts to cry. And she decides to hide the crying by going down on him. <laughs> And as soon as that starts, Greg goes, whoa, 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 stop, 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 stop. I haven't been, I've only been on so many dates, but I'm pretty sure like a girl should not be crying when she gives you a hand job. So that scene changed 
to whatever it was now. I don't remember. But that was the – sorry if that's explicit for some people. Spoiler alert slash, you know, rated R. Um, <laughs> but that that was, that scene got cut because we can't air that on the CW. So a lot of adult content got turned down. We um, we took out all the profanity. So can't say for it. Um, and uh, and then the other obvious choice was uh, the other obvious thing was instead of it being half hour comedy, it's a one hour comedy because CW does not do half hour comedies, only one hour. So they had so what that did to their writing apparently from what I from what I hear is that it um, it deepened each of the characters. So with with an extra you know I guess it actually only ends up being like an extra thirteen. 18 minutes of, of material but you get to get to know the characters more and and the writers get to write write a little bit more back background for each of the characters so and that's one of the most beautiful things about our show i think is that yes it is a comedy yes it's a musical comedy yes it's on television but um you really do get to know each of us are and and um and what what makes us tick and and you know more more facets than I think you would in a normal comedy on television. So that I love about Crazy Ex Girlfriends. Mm. That that those are three major differences um, right there between the Showtime show that we pitched, which then turned into the CW show that it is now. Mm. And obviously, as you, as you mentioned, it is a musical. So how does that change the way that it's made compared to any other you know, comedy on a network? Well, uh, the first example that comes to mind is, um, and this is something that someone told me, I, I, I like to think it's true. <laughs> it makes total sense based on what I've gone through in the last <laughs> two years. Um, so apparently when you film a one-hour comedy – it takes 10 days, 10 shoot days. So we film, our show is Monday through Friday, so we have the weekends off. Sometimes they bring us in on a Saturday um, and uh, add an extra day of shooting. But typically, uh, you film a one-hour comedy in 10 days. Now, if you do a show that has songs and, and dance numbers, you add days to that. That makes complete sense, right? Mm. Well, with our show... <laughs> We did the one-hour comedy, the dances, the songs in eight days. That doesn't seem that doesn't seem a good idea. That seems like a, a terrible way to kill the cast. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, truth be told, uh, we uh, you know our, our, a lot of our cast members are are Broadway veterans. So uh, Santino Fontana was in Billy Elliot on Broadway uh, and. And other plays and musicals, and Donalyn Champlin, she's been in a bunch of Broadway musicals. Um, Rachel Bloom, our our star and executive producer and songwriter, she she like got her she majored in in musical theater in in college. Uh, that was what she trained to do, and then after she graduated, she transitioned into um, sketch comedy because that was kind of more of what she wanted to do, but she had all this training. And so, you know, that kind of, and she loves musicals. Um, Rachel uh, didn't listen to anything but musicals till she was 21, which sounds like me with the exception of like all for one boys to men and some like nineties 
90s pop <laughs> but I, I listened to only musicals you know throughout throughout high school because that's all that's what I loved that's what I did to escape so Rachel and I definitely have that in common so that's kind of so we're very familiar with that world and then Pete Gardner who plays Daryl um he come he comes from he comes from an improv background and he you know he actually sings extremely well when we hear when we heard him sing and he, we were like, I, this, it doesn't, it seems like you do this all the time. <laughs> so he's a natural. Um, and then um, my girlfriend, um, uh, who, uh, played by Gabrielle Ruiz, she's a Broadway veteran as well. She was in the Heights and if then on Broadway, um, and she and she made she was a dance major in college, so she's done uh, the first national tour of A Chorus Line. Uh, I and if, and if people around the U.S. look at some of the posters in their theaters, you'll see in the poster it's like, "Hey, that's Gabrielle Ruiz." Because um, yes, that that has happened to me. I'll, I walked in some office and I saw a big poster of Chorus Line, and I just saw, "Hi, that's hey, hey, Gabrielle, that's you kicking your face." Um, <laughs> so so we have our cast is pretty um, attuned to musicals so there's a slight learning curve there where it's like we can learn music pretty quickly get it recorded pretty quickly we can dance have dance rehearsal pretty quickly and put it up and film it Mm. Um, so that's that's kind of how we're able to do that in such a short period of time so clearly you're a triple threat. Um, and um, you know what I stand corrected it is not eight days I'm looking at my calendar now it is Seven days. We do our show in seven days. <laughs> uh, even even more pressured, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, clearly. Every once in a while, they add a day to, to uh, on Saturdays, but typically it's it's a seven-day shoot, which, yes, is crazy, but I, I would have it no other way because it's fun and everyone's amazing. Uh, and that's how we get it. That's how we get it together. It's, it's a real team effort because there's so many moving pieces. We have a really strong management team. We have a really amazing crew. The vibe at the studio is exciting and can be obviously stressful, but it's so rewarding and we have a lot of fun. And I think that's what – there's a lot of love behind the show that you guys watch, season one, season two. There's so much love offset um, that it it just – and I think it it registers in our work because it's it's a pretty amazing – environment to to be in Mm. now off air earlier we were talking about the show's ratings and how that netflix and dvring has made up the the predominant amount of the show's viewers why do you think there's been such a a cultural shift that people just aren't they're not watching tv but your show is still popular through other mediums so you get more seasons and awards lots lots of awards <laughs> yeah, we've been really blessed with these awards. It's, I mean, it's a testament to like I think the people who create the show, our writers, our, our creative team, um, because the, they like we we're, we're I'm only saying stuff that gets written for me. Like I don't I don't I'm not a writer. It, I'm I'm blown away by our our writing staff. What what they write for us is is so funny and so brilliant. Um, but uh, yeah, I I think. Um, you know what? We, we just live in an age now where you can you can go on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon and you can binge a show because co- the the creation of content has changed. Um, 
I think was it was it not like Orange is the New Black? Like they would just release the whole season or Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. As soon as those dropped, you could watch all of them in one in one day. I think mm. I think in one day. Like um, and someone did the math and said <laughs> someone said um, everyone should binge watch Crazy Ex Girlfriend season one if you if you watch if you go to sleep. You can watch uh, season one in two days with minimal bathroom breaks. Like someone said, if you just straight up watch everything without stopping, go to bed, but then the next day start watching like one and a half days. I don't know. But like people are doing that these days. It's, it's, now, it's now an option. And I think what people are finding, it's great because, man, I mean, life is crazy. You got phone calls and like, you know interviews and job and work and and it's a luxury now that you that we get to have you can be on the treadmill and watch an episode of something on netflix on your phone or on your ipad it's this it's this accessibility that's just so ah it's like it's right there it's similar to like how you know, before, in order to listen to music, you had to listen to the radio or you had to buy it, right? Well, now you can purchase the song in a second or with like Apple Music or Spotify, you pay a, a subscription fee and you can access as much music as you want and just listen to it. Um, you don't have to buy it. You just kind of like, hey, any song you want, you know, create play- playlists. So I think just, you know, the, the way media is being um, distributed to, to, to the consumer has changed. And I, and I think with our show, particularly the people who are watching our show, uh, a majority of them can't watch it live. And, and as, as we both discussed, many people aren't watching shows live anymore. Mm. Um, cause they don't have to. And I think it's, I think it makes it, um, very special. And it, it's really fun to see people tweet and Instagram saying, you know, Oh, the snowstorm this weekend's gonna keep, keep me in. So, I'm, I'm making a date with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend or I'm making a date with Breaking Bad or I'm going to go through all of Game of Thrones. And they make a thing out of it. It's now something you can do. It's become a part of our, our, our culture. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's why I think our, our show is kind of catching on in that way. I also think our show is one is the kind of show that one doesn't expect. Um, and that's another reason why I think there's a lot of... Um, you know how you how you try a new food, and mm. and you don't know what it's gonna taste like, and then all of a sudden your eyes light up and your eyebrows raise and you go, mm. and through and through through you chewing, you're like, this is really good. <laughs> like I feel like that's that's our show. <laughs> your eyebrows raised, your your eyes open wide, and you're like, oh damn, I didn't know this was gonna be that good. And that's and and that's not just me. That's like I'm just kind of regurgitating what I hear other people saying about us. <laughs> well, like, I, I think our show is good, but, you know, that's my weird analogy. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I think it's also interesting because it is a musical and you do sort of get that musical theater or people who really, well, you know, who work in musicals or are actors, I think this is the kind of show that they latch onto. And there aren't that many musical comedies or musical dramas even. I mean, beyond Smash that finished, what, three years back, there hasn't really been anything. And I think that because actors and musical theater people work nights predominantly on stage mm-hmm. we you know they yep. can't watch tv so having that accessibility of a show like this will probably again you know help grow that audience and reach the people that i suppose you're aiming for 
well, well, that and it's yeah. I mean, it's 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 some of it is just like pure convenience, you know. I mean, yeah. And when I was doing eight shows a week, I only had Mondays off. Um, I'd have a lot of daytime off if I was in performance mode. But if you're in, but if you're in rehearsal mode, oh man, all you want to do is go home and do nothing, <laughs> um, sleep, eat, maybe get a drink if 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 you if you want to do that to your body before you have to dance or sing for eight hours the next day. But um, but yeah, I mean, and and the other, th- the other thing that's really cool about our show is is that it it does kind of introduce or reintroduce rather this idea of musical theater or musical storytelling where the songs actually push plot um which believe it or not at one time was like what singing on stage why would one do that why would one sing and then dance like when they could just be speaking um i think uh a very old musical called Oklahoma was one of the first to do that. And that was at the time, very revolutionary. Um, where, whereas now, um, with our show and as with many musicals, it's very common to, uh, write the scene and build it to the point, uh, writing wise so that the, the person speaking can no longer speak. They have to sing. Mm. Um, and then build that to the point where they can't they can't sing. They have to dance. They have to move their body, and that becomes its own language. And now with our show, we get to use uh, use that to our advantage, but also play with different tropes of characters, tropes of music, genres of music, uh, genres of dance um, to our to and we use that to to our advantage and and create some really funny material, which is one of the things I think our show does most effectively we're really good at at storytelling through song and dance because it's always in, in, in any musical theater class story first yes beautiful singing sounds great but uh, if I want beautiful singing you can listen to like a recording but when you're when you're when you're in well, at least with live performances you really want to feel what the character is feeling and you want you want it to all feel like it's coming from their emotions and it's for coming from the music organically and um that's not that's easier said than done but i think that's one of the things our show does really really well and 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 while we do it we also make you laugh which is i guess the funnest part of of it all mm, it's a, a testament to the the team behind the show now um, i'm sorry i said it's, it's a real testament to the team behind the show Oh yeah, I mean that's. I mean they they're they're constantly making each other laugh in the room, and then I'll find out later on like oh a writer's room, another writer's room joke makes it onto the show, and I'm like what does that mean? I'm like oh so you guys have like inside jokes that you have with each other that we don't know about, and then you put it in the script, and sometimes they disappear because they don't flow or they don't work or they just don't make it onto the screen, but sometimes they do, mm. and I don't always get to know what those jokes are. Um, but it's fun to hear that, you know, after we film it or from a writer, like while we're on set, like, yeah, this is a writer's room joke. And I'm like, oh, cool. Tell me more. Cause it's fun to know how they create these jokes and where they come from. Um, it's, it's, it's really interesting. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so in awe of our writing team. Yeah. Uh, earlier you mentioned obviously your, your, your theater experience. So you've done the whole eight shows a week. Um, so do you find that easier than the seven, the seven day filming or is it pretty much on par? Seven days. Seven days. (laughs) I have friends right now in, uh, 
on national tours. So every every week or two weeks or every month or three months, they're in a different city doing the same exact show Tuesday through Sunday, twice on Saturdays, twice on Sunday. Uh, every Tuesday night at five, they do a sound check and then they perform the show live in front of like three hundred, you know, five hundred people. It, it it's it's really hard. It's really hard work. It takes a certain kind of. Um, mentality and physical endurance, mental endurance even uh, as well to, to, to do that, to recreate new moments all the time. Um, and then do a five minute tap number. That was actually my first job was tap dancing in the ensemble of, um, 42nd street. And I think I was on stage a majority of the show. And when I was on stage, I was dancing. Uh, I lost so much weight. <laughs> I wish I could find a photo, um, find this photo. I'm thinking of. I can't believe how skinny I am. I've never been this skinny, but I was just tapping the whole show. It's like 90% of the show. I'm just like tapping and, and, and drenched with sweat inside all my costumes. Um, but you know that versus a seven day shoot. Uh, I'm not shooting my scenes every day because I'm not in every scene. So you know I, I'll I'll have two full days of shooting. You know, scenes that I'm in, and then the next day I have a fitting and a two-hour dance rehearsal, and then maybe I share it for the creative team and the writers, so it can get notes. And um, and then I leave. Maybe I I, I I leave to go get food and 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 come back and I have to film something, or I'm done for the day and then I rest. And then you know I might have the day off or the next two days off. And then after that is when I actually film that dance. And that's where it gets tricky because depending on how much choreography I'm doing or how physical the song is, that's where it can really be. Uh, detrimental to one's health. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm talking particularly about the Dream Ballet um, uh, when um, we go to uh, Mystery Mesa or the Electric Electric Mesa. I think is what it's called. When we um, when Rebecca goes to the desert with with Valencia and they have a Dream Ballet and I and I'm in tights and I'm doing um, a pas de deux, a partner dance with Gabrielle as well as. Um, Rachel Bloom that day of shooting the ballet I I was at the end of the day I was my body was so broken I uh, I couldn't I could barely walk I had trouble well I didn't take I, I took an uber to work that day um, but I had a trouble I had trouble like sitting down getting back up I had ice packs on my back on um, I iced my knees it took me about two weeks to fully physically recover from that one day of doing ballet um, and part and doing partner work. It's um it's really hard, you know. My I, I am a I'm a, I, I am a dancer. I'm a professional dancer, but there are some dance genres that that are more natural to my body, and ballet is not one of them. Um, ballet is one of the hardest uh, dance uh, dance genres to. To, to learn and get in your body it's, it's it's not very natural and it's quite painful so um, so yeah it's a uh, that was a lot more bearable than say me having to do that repeat that <laughs> eight more times um, 
but it's 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 just a different muscle and it's a different mindset. I there's a level of pacing that's involved when you're doing a you know a twelve hour shoot and you have to and it's a dance number. You have to really pace your body, take care of yourself, stretch, keep warm. It's and that's a, that's very different than doing a show where you're on stage with like twenty other people and you're doing a big dance number and and there's only so much energy you have to exude in order to create the um, effect you want. So um, I just kind of was very excited that day doing, doing the ballet and uh, kind of pooped myself out. <laughs> <laughs> now, something else that you do, which I find quite interesting, is that you teach. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think yeah. that anyone can act? Anyone can act, yes. I do believe anyone can act. Um, I've never been asked that question before, uh, and I guess that's my answer. Yeah, I think anyone can. I think part of part of the challenge with really anything in, in life, I'm finding now as I you know get a little bit older and and feeling the um, you know I'm 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 now in rest mode between between seasons, is that a lot of it is willpower. Um, like what gets you up in the day? What what drives you? What what do you want to do? What do you want to create? What what do you want to be remembered for? When you um, when you know what you're doing and why and why it matters so much to you, you'll you'll do anything. People climb mountains. People go to the highest places. People put themselves through like horrible situations or a lot of physical or mental anguish because they're reaching for something. They're going for something. So I think if if you really want to act um, and you're willing to go through all the challenges that that are involved, then yeah, you can act just like, yeah, you can dance. Um, cause I guess a lot of times when I'm teaching, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm not just showing you a combination. I'm not just showing you a new skill or a new move. Cause I, cause I was actually, um, at, um, at XMA today, which is where I, I'm doing a lot of um, stunt and action and weapons, martial arts training. And I was teaching, um, a prop spin with a with a bow staff. So we're doing this whole spinning combination, which looks really cool. Um, I'll probably post it on Instagram at some point. But I was teaching this guy how to do a prop spin, and and he couldn't do it at first. He just thought it looked neat. He had no, he didn't know what he was doing. And as I was breaking down each thing, he was great because he, he was he was a great student. Because half half of being a good student is knowing you can do this. Now who's going to help me learn how to break it down so that I so that I can actually be conscious of how I'm doing it. And so, you know, so that, that, that's already half of it is, is being able to communicate to whoever you're teaching, break it down to the point where they can process it, do it, repeat it in pieces, and then add a little more onto it so that it becomes more natural to them. Cause there's other students who wouldn't get that far, not because they can't do it, but because they're too, um, focused on, on how they can't do it or on what's wrong or what do I look like? I feel stupid. It isn't perfect. Um, I don't feel good about myself. And that's, so half of it is really like your willpower and your drive to, to learn and grow, um, and to be willing to try something new and maybe look like a fool, but it's on the path of, of greatness. Everyone, everyone took a first step at some point in their life and everyone has tripped. Everyone has fallen. Um, the thing is, as you get older, I think it's important to remember, like you have to trip in order to prevent a fall. You have to 
accidentally injure yourself so that you're aware not to do that again and not to re-injure yourself. It, um, I, with all my injuries, I'm very grateful for them because they've taught me to be so aware of my body. So I feel much safer in my physical, you know, aspects um, mm. of, of work and of, and of training. But um, but yeah. So you've that was a very it. long way of answering that. That's all right. No, <laughs> sh- share the share the wisdom. <laughs> so you mentioned you're sort of in the off in the off season for Crazy Ex Girlfriend now. So what have you got lined up in the next well, eight months or so before the show returns that you can share with our listeners? Well, like right now, I'm in training mode, which is kind of my something I've been programming myself to do for as long as I can remember. Just um, I learned from. Uh, from some teachers and from people in the biz who have been around a while, like when you're not working, man, take as much class as you can, keep your tools sharp. Cause once you're working, you're not, um, you know, you're, you're, you're not really learning a new skill. You're, you're kind of just producing product. You're, you're producing an end result as opposed to going inside and working on the mechanics of what you're doing or developing a new skill and fine tuning it. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. So I'm just in acting class and training, training in XMA because I have an interest in doing action work because that's actually what got me into acting was doing martial arts as a kid and then, and being a dancer. So I was really into my physical body. So, um, dancing has taken a back seat because I've done so much of it with the show. So now I'm focusing on like more action and stunts and weapons and, uh, I'm taking improv and, um, yeah, there's a few things uh, that I'm waiting to hear back from right now, which mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely not at liberty to say because uh, I have no idea if they're going to go my way or the other way. Um, and I'm considering a trip to the Philippines in the next uh, few months before we start filming season three. And um, I'm definitely going to be doing some teaching. I'm teaching um, at PCPA where I went to school in Santa Maria, California. I'm teaching there in March. Um, I'm probably going to teach in uh, San Francisco, where my hometown. Do some teaching at some of the places I went to school, uh, and um, hopefully I'll get to visit New York before we go back to season three. Because I would love to go back there and see friends, see my see my old um, stomping ground. Maybe even do some teaching um, over at some of the theater programs they got going on over there, but that's about it right now. You you, you say that's about it, but that that's a, a fair a fair amount of things to do <laughs> before you start, you know, shooting again. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I'm very ambitious, and uh, <laughs> yeah, ambitious and and enthusiastic, to say the least. <laughs> now, now, Vinny, I do I do have to ask where does where does the nickname come from? Where where does that abbreviation of your name stem from? Well, it's because I'm Italian. Um, I'm actually like half Sicilian. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Vinny comes from uh, man. So, so on my very first tour, which I took on Forty Second yep. Street tour, um, I was I was a, I was very new to the business. I just got my equity card. Uh, I joined a cast that had already been together for over a year. And when I got there, I was very green, 21-year-old, fresh-faced Vinny, and I was even more loud, enthusiastic, and annoying than I am right now. So <laughs> I not many people took a liking to me because <laughs> uh, – um, yeah, I, I was I, I, I was I was not the most mature one there, and uh, I found myself kind of being alone a lot. Um, 
but then one day I, I came to rehearsal or showed up to, I don't know, my call when I had to show up somewhere. And one of the cast members screamed out, Vinny! And I looked at them like, yeah, you just, okay, yes. Like, you just created a nickname for me. Hi, yeah, I'll answer to Vinny. And then as soon as that person said Vinny, another person heard that and went, oh, Vinny, Vinny. And then throughout the whole room, all I hear was, Vinny, Vinny, Vinny. And that that line reading just kind of followed me. And I, I tried so much to stop ever being called Vinny. And um, I kind of gave up. And I Embrace I it. So fast forward. <laughs> I, just, I was like, you know what? Hands up in the air, shoulder shrug. Vinny, all right. So I show up to set for the first time, and I'm meeting um, our AD who handles um, base camp. And she says, what do you like to be called? And I said, I said, oh, uh, well, Vincent's very informal. is way too formal. So, like, you know, Vince, or you can call me, you can call me Vinny. You know, people call me lots of things. You can, and But so she went, Vinny? And went, okay. And so I go film and I get back to my trailer and I look at my trailer name. It says Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and it says, you know, my character name, Josh Chan. And then it just says Vinny. And my first thought was, oh, I didn't mean like Vinny call me that all the time. No, never mind. So ever since then, um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, I just kind of like embraced it. So Vinny is kind of my like official nickname. So when I introduce myself to people, I'll often say Vince or Vincent, but if it's very informal, I'll just say Vinny. So no, I'm not Italian. It's just this nickname that people like calling me. So I, I gave in. You gave in in the end. Well, well, thank you for sharing that. And look, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today, but uh, before, before we go, where can, where can fans stay in touch with you and connect with you online? Oh, easy. Um, so on Instagram and on Twitter, I am V, uh, letter V for Vincent, Rodriguez, R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z, and I-I-I, because I am Vincent Rodriguez the third. So V Rodriguez, I-I-I, uh, on Twitter or on Instagram. Um, and, uh, and I also, and that, that happens to also be my, my website, V Rodriguez, I-I-I.com. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure talking with you. And I hope that the next season of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend goes well and we get to see the whole five-season five plan. Oh my gosh, you and me both. It's going to be nuts. That was my chat with Vincent Rodriguez III. And all his social media links are in the show notes for this podcast. And remember, you can listen to the podcast here on the website, preacherspodcast.net, or through iTunes. Now, as always, don't forget to check out the movie reviews section of the website, preacherspodcast.net slash movie reviews. I've checked out all the Oscar releases, and there's going to be an Oscar summary up there very, very shortly with all my predictions for the big day, which is the 26th of February. And as always, thanks to all the supporters of the show. We've got the wonderful Palace Nova Cinemas. We've got Mad Zombie Collectibles and Via Vision Entertainment. And we've also got a couple of fantastic competitions running at the moment. We've got, thanks to 20th Century Fox, uh, 10 passes to the Oscar-nominated film Hidden Figures to give out. And thanks to E1 Entertainment, we've got three copies of Fear the Walking Dead, which has just come out on DVD here in Australia. To enter those competitions, email your name, age, 
address, and answers the appropriate questions to feedback at preacherpodcast.net. To find out the questions for those competitions, head over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash preacherspodcast. Well, thanks once again to our special guest, Vincent Rodriguez III. We'll be back for another episode later in February. But until then, I've been your host, Benjamin May McKay. See you next time.